It's me, Tessa. Before we get today's episode started, I just wanted to let you know that if you stay tuned after today's episode, you're going to hear the first chapter of Love Her or Lose Her, my new release. It's the audiobook narrated by Charlotte North, and you don't want to miss it. So make sure you stay tuned to listen to a little sneak preview uh, that I think you'll really love. Welcome to Read Me Romance. Welcome. Hey. Friday. Hello. Fuck yeah, it's Friday. Let's do this shit. Wait, you got something you want to talk about? Oh, I was like, I have a grievance. So I'm sitting in my office like yesterday. It was yesterday. And I hear somebody like on my roof or something. And I look out my window and there's men out there. And I'm like, what the hell? And I text my mom. I'm like, mom, because she lives next door. I'm like, there are people assaulting my house. And she's (laughs) like, get over it. And they were taking my Christmas lights down. Oh, I thought you said you were going to make did. a Valentine's Day lights. I did. She was like, if lights. Christmas is over, I was like, I went outside, and I really did this. I went outside, and I unplugged them. And then I plugged them back in, and I was like, you're now Valentine's Day lights. <laughs> and my mom was like, no. No, that's Whatever. so sad. But I can't complain, because that's her gift for me is for Christmas is she gets me Christmas lights on my house. That's my Christmas gift every year. So when oh, she that's so a when great she gift. has them come out to take them down, I can't really be like, no. I'm like, fine. Yeah, you can. That's your gift. <laughs> well, they come, I guess they put the same lights back on. Like they actually unscrewed all my bulbs and put the pink ones on there. So they'll come back with the exact oh, same lights next year. It's a company. Oh, that's nice. But they're gone. That seems so tedious. Unscrewing every little thing. They actually did it really fast. Like, when they came out to put them on, I seen that they were screwing the bulbs on. I was like, oh. And then they were done within, like, had them up on the house and everything within an hour. I was highly impressed. I was out there in 34 degree weather on Saturday, taking, unwrapping like 15 strings of lights from around this tree in our front yard. And I was like, there has to be a better way. (laughs) (laughs) It was so cold. And I was like, I said, I think I put it up on my Instagram story. Like it's all fun and games until you have to take them down. You know, like putting yeah, no them up shit. is so exciting and then taking them down. And it's, it's warm. Oh, it's hurtful. <laughs> oh, my God. Because you do it like a month before, so it's warm outside when you do yeah, it. Yeah, you pick a warm day and you're like, okay, today's the day. But then you kind of like run out of options in early January. You're like, I have to get these down before I start to look lazy, you know. And so uh-huh. you have basically like a four or five day window. And if it's not going to be warm one of those days, you just have to suck it up. And my so, husband had the man cold, so I had to do it this year. Yeah, While that's, watching, that like, was a puppy my dog question. from the front window. The resentment is still Aww. there. <laughs> it's Friday, and I'm still resentful. It's still fresh. Yeah. <laughs> so, what did you guys get for Christmas? Like, we haven't really talked since then. Did you get like how was Christmas with the kids, and what were they most excited? about? Did you buy about? the carriage? Like, how did it go? <laughs> Fuck no, I didn't buy that goddamn carriage. Those three hundred fifty dollars. She didn't even ask about yep. it. Uh, so there you go. Christmas. Actually, she did, but I ignored 
my daughter is at the age where she actually didn't get a lot of gifts. She had like five things to open because she's at the stage where she wants these shoes that are more expensive than mine. Oh, so she no. got three pairs of what, sneakers. What kind of sneakers are they? Two were Nike and one were Adidas. But are they those like ones where basically they're from the 80s, but they've been refurbished? No. <laughs> what do they look they like? They look nice. They look like athletic sneakers. They're fancy. Yeah. One is like a tannish gold. One was like white with like writing on it. I don't know. She knows all these sneakers. Okay. I'll walk in. on. I just buy sneakers. I have to buy nice sneakers because I run. And I just buy them online. And I'll walk in and she'll be like, oh, you got the new such and such? I'm like, I don't know. I got them off Adidas website. <laughs> Under the running section. Yeah. Oh, you go to the Adidas website. You I have know. to. That's that's commitment. And they I won't even just get... go to Amazon. And just no. everything. <laughs> everything falls under the umbrella of Amazon. Have you ever gone to a running store, Mel, and gotten fitted for shoes? But I love my Ultra Boost. You should do they that. They don't hurt my feet. They're great. They haven't given me a problem. I just go through shoes a lot. I go through a pair of sneakers a month. Yeah, that's what I'm wondering. Like, if you if you got, like, a better shoe, it would last you longer. Well, they say, I've looked up runners. They're like, no matter what, you've got to replace it so many miles. New shoes. My sister-in-law, she wears, like, Brooks I or use Brooks. Hoka, Like, either one yeah. of those. Yeah, she likes those, too. And usually when she wears them out, she'll just give them to her kids because they wear, like, the same size. What yeah. you for Christmas, Leah? My husband, so he got me a couple of things that I really wanted. Like I wanted a new bathrobe and he actually got me another Roomba for downstairs. So we put the older one upstairs. So I have a Roomba upstairs and a Roomba downstairs. If I haven't talked about fucking Roombas on this podcast before, get you a Roomba. Okay. I got the groovy. It's the greatest thing. Is that different? I got the groovy. It's the same thing. They're all like, one's like iRobot or whatever. Like, get an electronic vacuum cleaner. How have you been with your smell? It works good. I accept my cats have learned to turn it on. They fuck with it? (laughs) And they're like, she like runs over. Like one day she, she doesn't like it. And it sets around a corner. And so she started like smacking it, like putting her ball around it and hitting it. And then one day she got ballsy and just like jumped on it and attacked it. And she hit the button and she mm-hmm. realized if she hits the button, it turns it on. So now she like hits the oh, button shit. and runs. And then she stops <laughs> it around the house. Oh, That's I like funny. That. You should film that. That could go viral. <laughs> one of the uh, one of the other things my husband got me is I love puzzles. They're a big stress reliever for me. And so um, he gets me a few every year at Christmas. And this year he got me a 3D Harry Potter puzzle. And I don't know if you've ever put together a 3D puzzle before, but let it me looked just awesome. I'll sit here and tell you today. It looked awesome. What? Like you posted a picture in the morning yeah. and I kept like going back to Instagram or Facebook, whatever story to see the update. Yeah, like, yeah. When's she going to update this next picture? I'm waiting. I'm, and I, <laughs> I think I finally texted it, you. I'm like, are we going to get an update? You're like, is this puzzle done? <laughs> I <laughs> know. It was so hard. He got me two. And it was so hard that I gave the second one away. <laughs> like, that's how bad it was. So my mom, I remember I was young. This has probably been 20 years ago. My mom's sister and her share uh, their birthdays like two days apart, Christmas Eve and the day after Christmas. And so they always give each other gifts at the same time. 
And so my mom's sister got her a 3D puzzle of a pyramid, of an Egyptian pyramid, which means the whole thing was tan with lines and it was 3D. So they're little foam pieces of, it's like a puzzle, a puzzle piece with a piece of foam on the back and you have to build it up. And so I remember my mom doing this puzzle for weeks and when she finally finished it, she threw it in the trash and she was like, never again. So I brought this puzzle to her house at Christmas. And so she was like, hey, did you bring a puzzle? Because she knows I'm usually the one that's going to supply it for our, anytime our family gets together, we work a puzzle. That's just our thing. And so I get there and I'm like, I got the puzzle and I put it on the table and she's like, fuck no, I'm out. And I was like, come on, it's been 20 years. Let's work a 3D puzzle. Like we can do this. And my brother and my mom and my sister and everybody's like, all right, let's go. And so we're like, all right, let's do this. So we lay out the puzzle pieces and we start doing it. And it takes us like three days. And my brother's an architect and he's the one that finally has to help us figure out how to do it. And it was awful. And it wasn't even a big puzzle. It was only like 400 pieces. Like I'm used to like 1500 piece puzzles. And it took us days because it's just like how you have to build up and I just, that moral of the story, don't buy a 3D fucking puzzle, okay? Like, I had people on Instagram that were replying. They're like, oh, my God, I love these puzzles. They're my favorite. And I'm like, you can fuck <laughs> off. Like, they, it made me angry when people said they liked those kind of puzzles. That was something my husband got me that just didn't turn out so great. So, I'll be honest. That was that was a little disappointing. But I've done a couple since then that he got me, and they've good. been good. Okay. <laughs> so... <laughs> But, um, oh, and, and to update, too, I know we talked about the wrapping or unwrapping of Santa presents. And Santa this year did half and half. He <laughs> left some unwrapped and some were wrapped. And that seemed to be a big hit with the kids. Okay. Yeah, so that's, that's usually just what FYI, Santa does, if you're Santa does for us, too. Yeah, if you're considering that next time, it was a big hit for the kids to be able to see some of their stuff laid out and some of it they still got unwrapped. Like, that was fun. Good, so good, good. There you go, guys. How did it go with you guys? Because you had family here. Did you, how did it go with presents and all that good stuff? I mean. (laughs) (laughs) Your face is not good. Like I couldn't, like I contacted my sister-in-law ahead of time and I was like, okay, because she has an eight-year-old. And I was like, so Santa's going to visit the house here for him? And she was like, yep, yep. He's going to, yep, there's going to be Santa presents for him there. And I was like, okay. So the Christmas Eve rolls around and uh, I'm like, you know, we're getting stuff ready and she's got like three little things, you know, like a game, a magazine and like a pencil. <laughs> and I was like, well, I was like, I'm not going to put my stuff down next to yours because that's just going to yeah. be uneven and unfair. Yeah. So yeah. We ended up and kids will understand that. The, the kids won't get that. it. So I just, we just did our, mm-hmm. we opened our gifts upstairs on Christmas morning and then we kind of came down and joined them. It was okay. You mm-hmm. know, like I kind of like doing it just the three of us. If I'm out, if I'm being honest, yeah. it was like a little bit like, yeah. and then I have to cook for Christmas dinner. I was cooking for 12 people. So trying Holy to prepare shit. for that while there's extra people in your house and is really uh-huh. difficult um, yeah. and stressful. We kind of had and yeah. We had a bunch of Go people ahead. coming over for Christmas too. And when I realized how many people were coming over for Christmas, our like a little immediate family like went to my mom's on Christmas Eve, which we never do. And we all hung out for a while and like ate pizza and just were together because we knew tomorrow was going to be like a nightmare. 
of so many people and not so intimate. I don't know. I like Uh just us. As much as I love my aunts and my cousins and everybody, I'm like, I just like this little group for these special times. Yeah, it's like you are trying to you when it's just the three of you, you can let it all hang out, you know, like you you yeah, just throw your yeah. hair up, have some coffee and get it done and your kid can rip the presents open. Like I was so conscious of the fact that my sister-in-law was there watching and I was like, "Mackenzie, you just you don't have to rip them all open right away." You know, like Yeah. I was just trying to like control a situation that normally I wouldn't have to control. I wouldn't care. Yeah. And Oh, that's so funny. The thing about my in laws. <laughs> Here's the thing. I well, really do the like subject. Them. I really do. Like, I like my sister in law a lot. I feel like as I've gotten older, like, and, you know, obviously she's gotten older too, but I feel like we, like, when I first was dating my husband, I was like 18, and she was like, who is this idiot? You know, because I was 18, you know? And yeah. as I've gotten older, uh, God, I'm like 35 now, which is crazy that I've known her that long, but we've bonded more and started talking to each other about things that, you know, like we, we have this a lot more in common. What? No, this my sister-in-law. Your yeah. Sister-in-law. Oh, okay. And, so. uh, she's like, you know how like, there's like one kid and every one sibling in every family who runs shit and basically their opinion is the final say yep. yeah, she's that one yep i sure as shit she's do. that one in my husband's <laughs> family and i'm it in my family so like we've just kind of like bonded over that now and uh i really do like her and i like her husband like we have really good conversations about politics and stuff and he's just like unflappable and really great i really do like them but they don't eat oh so like it, it's 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 having people in your house is it's hard you're constantly cleaning and, and you know trying to make everybody happy mm-hmm. and shuffling everybody to wherever they want to go and your reward is kind of like a nice dinner and some wine right they don't eat like they're like they eat at two o'clock in the afternoon and they're like oh that's us done for the day so like dinner time rolls around and they don't want anything it's weird it's weird that is weird Wow. It, it sucked is that all European the joy thing? out of it for me. <laughs> you know, it was like, yeah. I, I like to eat. Like that is what, that's, yeah. commun- that's like my, the main activity with my family is we get together and have a nice meal and open a couple bottles of wine and we can do it for four hours, you know? Yeah. And so like, they don't do that. And so like, I really felt like that was a huge missing piece for me. It really frustrated yeah, me. Yeah. To be able to ha- sit down and have that time together. Or to be able Just, to like my, enjoy that's yourself the, that's in that the way. enjoyment that I get out of having family mm-hmm. over. To wind yeah. down. So what did you do in the evenings? Basically then? just like had tea. <laughs> you know, I drink tea, you know, because oh. they're Irish. And uh, I, like I said, I do really like them and I like having them here. But that was like something that was really missing for me over the holidays. Like it was like the big, yeah. nice like yeah. family meals. Mm-hmm. They didn't want it. They didn't yeah. want to do any of that. Um, and the other thing is that I bought my sister-in-law. <laughs> a really nice Kate Spade bag for Christmas and the whole time we were here she was purse shopping and I was like I guess you didn't like the bag uh-huh. <laughs> oh shit you know, like, she opened the bag like the day she got here she got here Christmas Eve and then the whole rest yeah. of the trip she was looking for a purse and I was just like I can hear you I'm right here <laughs> <laughs> what kind of purse was she looking for though did she want like a souvenir from America and honestly can you have more you know can you have too I many purses? Know. It just seemed it seemed like the way the way her way of telling me she didn't like it. 
Well, you know what I would have done was take it back. <laughs> take it all back. <laughs> yeah. Did I tell you, I went oh to um, Jersey the day after Christmas, and I was so prepared because I was doing a second Christmas. I packed all my stuff in a bag, right? And I wrapped my presents to go there. And TSA unwrapped no. all of them. Oh, I should have told you me? that. Oh, you but can't here's go. The, I think you can't go. Absolutely cannot fly with red presents. No. My bag got flagged. It's because of my Christmas sweater. Because it kind of looks like a bomb vest. Did you have the wire? It's got yep, like this you whole, had the like, wires thing across on it. it underneath and all these wires and stuff. Mm-hmm. The one uh-huh. that lights up, yep. But they unwrapped all my presents. Oh like, my what God. the hell? <laughs> I d- oh man, I wish I would have known you were wrapping your gifts. Yeah, I've done that several times, and they're like, "Fuck you," and they just rip into them, and it's like, oh no, all that time wasted. I want to ask you guys a question. We so- got an email from somebody that said that they wanted to unsubscribe from our our newsletter because we're mean. <laughs> what? Do you think we're mean? In our newsletter? I don't know. Or just in general? Just in general. How? Like, uh, do you... Oh, that we're mean like in general? That we're mean, I guess, on the podcast. Do you think we're mean? What? I don't know. I mean, maybe to our husband. <laughs> like, I don't know. I'm trying to think about... You know, like, listen, okay? Maybe this is me being mean right now, but I feel like... You know, I I don't know. I I've like we've shared grievances this week alone. We've both we've all three come in with grievances. But I feel like like this is this is normal conversation, right? Yeah, that's how I feel about it. I mean, it's like I don't we're know. just talking like, like normal people, right? Like yeah, like well, I'm I'm talking shit with my girlfriends. Exactly. Like that's what I feel this is. And if I was sitting at home with a cup of coffee and talking to my girlfriends, I'd be like, "Listen to what my fucking husband did today." <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I'd be doing the same shit I'm doing right now. So maybe it's just a difference in personalities. Maybe, maybe you know I've been told I don't really care. What? <laughs> <laughs> And now that that's me. And that is the theme for 2020. <laughs> it's okay. You know, like, you know, I've, I know this is going to shock the two of you, but I've been told I'm too much for some people. None will believe that. <laughs> and ask me how often I give a fuck. I've been told. But speaking of. I've been told Go ahead, several times I get this. by people that I'm intimidating. And I don't know. I, I used to that. take that as a. As a insults because it makes me feel like I'm too aggressive or something but now I'm like I don't think what did I read somewhere shit it's really good somebody said I'm not intimidating you're intimidated yeah I really like that I like because that. it's like it's not yeah. my fault that you, no, you know it's not my fault you can't handle all this that's what I'm and saying there's also like, this book. some people tell me I'm too there's, much get the fuck over yeah, it yeah there's this book called girl wash your face and I haven't read it <laughs> But somebody pulled up a Kindle quote from it, and it's like, I'm not going to be half of myself because you can't handle all of me, you know? And I thought that was a really good um, yes. quote, but like, I feel like I read the book, so I'm not going <laughs> to... You're like, good. That I would take that away, take from, that it. away from it. So there you go. Oh, by the way, I don't know if you guys can see my sweatshirt. Do you, it says you plus it? size brain. I love it. Yeah. I thought it said brat. Plus I thought it, size I thought it brain. said plus size brat this whole time. <laughs> 
No, it says plus size brain. It. That's what um, LB gave it to me for Christmas. It's from Amy Schumer. It's like on her website, like her thing. Cause I fucking love Amy Schumer. But um, yeah, plus size brain. Anyways, but no, what I wanted to uh, talk to you guys, speaking of um, communication with lady listeners. So I was sick and dying over um, the holidays. So I didn't go check the post office box until after Christmas. And we had a shit ton of stuff what? in you there. You unbox it. So, well, it's not like unboxing. It was a lot of uh, like Christmas Aww. cards. So I wanted to show you guys um, some of the cards that I got. I saved so that you guys could see them. And I wanted to mention their names. So this one, um, can you guys see? It's really pretty. Like This is from Rochelle West. Thanks, Rochelle. From Ohio. She sent us all Christmas cards. I thought that was really sweet. She sent one to Aww. each of us. And I'm going to send them to you like all together. And then there was um, Rose from Missouri. She sent a, one of her family photo. And then this one from, let's see. So this one came from Tacoma, Washington. That's really cute. I don't know if you can see that too. Um, Lindsay from Tacoma. And then she sent this little sticker with the corgi. Look how fucking cute It's a little Harry Potter is. outfit, isn't it? I know, right? It looks like it. It's not a Harry Potter. It's like a tuxedo. <laughs> it's oh, yeah. Oh, that yeah, is cute. I love that. It's cute. Okay. And then um, this one came from, I just wanted to shout out, Kieran, Kieran Logos, Logan, Sarah, and Chris. It came from um, Pennsylvania. Thanks, guys. So they sent us like a, it's a family one. And then these are really cool. These came all the way from Finland, and we each got one. It's a postcard, and she has like her name on the back. It's from, uh, I think it's pronounced Nora, N-O-O-R-A. Oh, my God. Thank you, everybody. That's so sweet. Yeah, I think it's Nora, N-O-O-R-A. But she sent all of us one from that, and it just says like Merry Christmas. And then I did get a gift on here, and this is amazing. And it's from... I think it's pronounced Vestal, V-E-S-T-A-L. I, I think I'm saying that right. She sent us all these stickers. Can you see them? Dick. <laughs> says, I'll put that says, on my don't laptop. don't be a dick. Look, it says don't be a dick. But it's, yeah, it's a stick. It's like, it's back or, or no, it's not back. It's like the, like the peel and stick. So like when you put it down, only the letters are Oh my are God, left. that's so, so I'm cool. This, I'm going to send this to you guys. But then she sent me this. I assume it's for me. Because um, it's it's mine. <laughs> so hold on, I don't know if I can do this on air, but look, hold on. So it's like a sequin pillowcase. Hold on. Oh, are you gonna? Does it change oh. when you? It's a flip. It's a flip pillowcase. Sequin flip. Dick. Oh, it says don't be a dick. It says don't be a dick. Oh my that god, is that is amazing. so cool. Isn't that amazing? <laughs> I know. It says, don't be a dick in gold sequin pillowcase. I can't that wait. That is amazing. I'm going to have it in my office on the black side all the time. <laughs> and then somebody's going to walk in and I'm just going to go, <laughs> don't be a dick. So, yeah, I believe that's from, um, I think that's how you say it, Vestal, V-E-S-T-A-L. So, she sent us that for Christmas. So, I'll make sure and forward all that goody stuff to Thanks, you Thanks, lady so. listeners. I know. It was really sweet and charming. I, we had so many, like, cards and stuff that was in there. I was like, this is so exciting. I just want to make a note that anybody that didn't send us one is mean. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they're mean. <laughs> oh, my God. Everybody's going to unsubscribe. That newsletter takes me forever, motherfuckers. You know, I know. If that if this is what does it, if this someone saying we're mean makes it makes you we unsubscribe. We never get an unsubscribe. That, 
This was like a formal request. We never get unsubscribes to the to the newsletter though, which is un, which is rare, Mel. So you should be proud of yourself. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, so we're gonna play the second half of "The Neighbor" by Brighton Walsh, um, but I do want to tell you really quickly that she has a second pen name with um, another author, and it's London Hale. That's the name of the the pen name, London Hale H A L E. She has a box set trilogy that is free right now. So it's three novellas in a box set. They're free. And I've talked about this on the podcast before. There is one of, one of the novellas within this box set is called Daddy's Best Friend. And it is the novella where she gives her dad's best friend a blowjob at, at a pool party while her dad is there. And um, you oh, want to read it now. So go uh, click... The Experience Counts uh, trilogy box set by London Hale. I'll put, you know, obviously we'll put the links everywhere and you'll see it everywhere uh, if you're following Read Me Romance on Instagram and Facebook. So, okay, let's play the second half of The Neighbor and we'll talk to you guys on the other side. Bye. Bye. Chapter four. Matt takes his seat across from me and offers me one of his panty-dropping smiles. Figuring the best thing to do is start shoveling food into my mouth so I can't say anything embarrassing like, please fuck me on top of this table right this minute, you hung hottie. I dig into the dinner he prepared. As soon as the flavors hit my tongue, I moan. Oh my God. I take another bite, and yeah, my eyes definitely roll back in my head. Jesus, are you a chef? He laughs almost in embarrassment and shifts in his seat. Uh, no, definitely not a chef. Then how the hell do you explain the awesomeness I'm eating? Holy shit, I can't stop having mouthgasms from this food. He coughs and sputters, having just taken a drink of his wine. After clearing his throat, he says, a mouthgasm? I nod, yeah. For sure, my mouth just came. Multiple gasms, even. Barking out a laugh, he shakes his head at me. Hopefully it's in a, man, this girl is cute way, and not in a, who let this weirdo into my apartment way. He lifts a shoulder. It was sort of a big deal in our house that my brother and I weren't totally inept once we moved out. My mom made sure we knew how to cook and do laundry. She was kind of particular that way. That's cool, I say, still shoveling forkfuls of this lusciousness into my mouth like the food whore I am. I wish my mom had taken some initiative in things like that. Or my dad, for that matter. They didn't even show me how to sort my clothes to do laundry. I had to figure that out on my own. Really? Yeah, well, parents who were still babies themselves when they had me. I shrug and take a drink of wine. I'm sure you can figure out the rest of the story. It's a tale as old as time. Wow, he says. Well, that must have sucked. I give him an, eh, what are you gonna do, look, and take the opportunity to change the subject. So, you just moved here? I tilt my head toward the boxes scattered about. Yeah. He nods and spears a bite of his dinner. Actually, just a couple of days before you came knocking on my door. It's truly amazing how quickly this guy can go from normal dude to cocky bastard. Because, yep, 
That damn grin is back, and once again my face flushes as I remember the words I spoke that horrible, wretched day that will no doubt haunt me for the rest of my life. Instead of responding, I studiously ignore him by focusing on my plate. But that doesn't stop my face from lighting up like a billboard, nor does it stop Matt from chuckling. You don't have to be so embarrassed. I scoff and roll my eyes before meeting his smiling ones. Oh, please, Matt, like there is absolutely nothing to be embarrassed about. I take another swig of my wine, because if this is the topic of conversation we're venturing into, I'm not nearly drunk enough for it. I'm serious. I'm pretty sure every guy would have loved to be in my position. Then he mumbles low, almost out of hearing range, but not quite. And maybe another position later, if you'd stayed. Wait, what? My hand freezes on its trek to bring me more delicious wine, and my eyebrows nearly disappear into my hairline. Holy shit, dude, holy shit. When I tucked tail and ran, did I leave behind haughty neighbor guy ready and willing, even wanting to do dirty things with me? Here, all I could think about was how utterly mortifying it had been, but maybe Matt had been, I don't know, flattered by my need for his cock? Needing a little time before I find out what sort of positions he would have liked to try, I ask, you wanted me to stay? Well, he shifts a little in his seat, running his finger around the base of his wine glass. Yeah, I mean, you were, well, you were, he scrunches up his nose and raises his eyes to the ceiling like he's trying to figure out what to say. Finally, he says, I already told you I was attracted to you, Lucy. And what you said then? Well, a towel wasn't gonna do much to hide my reaction to it. He raises both eyebrows, silently encouraging me to get his meaning. And oh, do I get it. Hottie had a hard on for a little old me. My face is warm, though no longer from embarrassment. I thought I had more self-control than to sit in front of him and think about fucking him on the floor of his apartment, but I was wrong. God help me, but those fantasies play out in my mind like a porn reel. I'm sure my thoughts are written all over my face, but still I can't drop my eyes. Our gazes stay locked for what seems like forever when Matt finally coughs and looks away. I should, um, he clears his throat. I'll just clean up. He grabs our plates and takes them into the kitchen. Meanwhile, I try not to look to the place my eyes were drawn to on our first meeting, but come on. It's like his cock has some kind of magnetic ability my eyes aren't able to resist. And whoa, mama. It seems Matt was definitely running the fucking me against his door slash counter slash floor slash table fantasy I was also participating in. The prominent outline through his genes is difficult to miss. I'm rooted to my spot long after he's out of my sight, too busy replaying those delicious fantasies over and over in my mind. I made dessert, he calls from the kitchen. I mean, if you want some. Oh, I'd like dessert, all right. Being the lady that I am, however, I don't say that. What do you have in mind? Please say licking whipped cream off your popsicle. 
I clear our wine glasses from the table and carry them into the kitchen, placing them on the counter before facing him. He, unfortunately, does not have his cock covered with whipped cream, poised and ready for my tongue. Shame, really. His back is to me as he works on something I can't see, and don't really care about, actually, because I am 100% entranced with his ass. God, the things I'd like to do to that round, firm, sculpted piece of male perfection. The real question is, would I start with my hands or my tongue? Both, Lucy. Why can't it be both? He turns around, breaking my trance. I was thinking cupcakes, actually. Hand outstretched, he offers me one topped with a massive amount of frosting. I didn't know what you were trying to make when you came over to borrow sugar, but I figured I couldn't go wrong with these. I look at the chocolate-frosted mini cake, then to Matt as a war wages inside my head. Do I want to lick the tasty goodness in front of me? Or do I want the cupcake? The embarrassment I've felt since the first time we met takes a backseat to the crazy dance my hormones do whenever I'm in his presence, especially since it's now obvious he's interested in me. He planned a ridiculous ruse just to be able to have dinner with me, even after knowing exactly how neurotic I am. No, not just have dinner with me, but cook dinner for me. He admitted he found me attractive, is very obviously sporting a hard-on, and made me baked goods. If he doesn't let me have his babies, I think it's only fair that I at least get in some practice with his baby-making wand. Rather than take a running leap and wrap my arms and legs around him like I want to, I reach for the cupcake. Now, let's be real. There's no sexy way to eat a cupcake. Sure, I could play coy, swipe my finger through the frosting and moan, but I don't have a coy bone in my body. And, I'll be honest, the smell of this cupcake so close is making my mouth water. With absolutely no shame, I peel away the liner and take a bite. Holy shit, I moan. Or at least that's what I try to say, but with a mouthful of cupcake. And yeah, definitely just took another bite, it probably came out sounding like, God damn, this guy is some kind of urban legend. Hot, friendly, genuinely nice, and knows how to cook and bake. I swipe my thumb across the corner of my mouth, catching a chunk of frosting, and lick it clean. As I was saying, holy shit, these are good. Peeling off another bit of the wrapper, I lift my eyes to his and freeze. His mouth is parted slightly, and he's staring at me with a look that could only be described as hungry. A look I'm 100% sure was mirrored on my face when he answered the door in a towel. Lucy, he says, his voice somehow both coarse and smooth. My nipples draw tight just from the two tiny syllables. Sweet fancy Moses, how does he make my name sound so dirty? Yeah? Who's the porn star in the room using my voice? He licks his bottom lip before swallowing loudly, and just like that, he's on me. His hands grip my neck as he backs me up against the counter. I fumble to place the cupcake on the counter so I can cling to him. Yes, cling. 
His body is flush with mine, all those hard, delicious muscles pressed up against every inch of me. And oh my God, his lips are so soft. The kiss is not suave or delicate. It's urgent and needy and frenzied. Honestly, it's exactly how I fantasized our first kiss would be. You know, if it wasn't his cock I was kissing. Not that I ever thought about that. That, I breathe, then proceed to pant into his mouth as he swipes his tongue across my bottom lip. Then, oh then, he slips it inside. The words die in my throat as my eyes roll into the back of my head and I grip his forearms tightly. He bites and nips and sucks my lips, his tongue sliding against mine. I never thought I'd see the day where a man tasted better than a cupcake, and yet here we are. I slip my arms up around his neck, attempting to get us into a position where I can rock this overwhelming ache between my legs against what I know he's got hidden in his pants. Unfortunately, the height difference makes it nearly impossible. As if he can read my mind, he drops his hands from my neck and firmly grasps my ass, pulling me up to sit on the counter. He settles between my legs and, holy shit, presses the object of my obsession exactly where I need it. Oh God, I tip my head back and moan toward the ceiling. Matt takes the opportunity to move his lips to my ear, then my jaw, and finally trails down my neck. Jesus, Lucy, you drive me crazy. I drive him crazy? What the fuck? I nearly object to that statement, but then he moves his hands from my ass and brings them to the hem of my shirt, sliding them under slowly enough that I can object if I want to. Pfft, like that's going to happen. Palms warm and a little rough, he cups my breasts in his hands, his thumbs brushing over my nipples. Fuck. I can't tell which one of us says it, probably both. But honestly, my brain might as well be a bowl of mashed potatoes for all the good it's doing me right now. The only thought going through my head is, holy shit, yes. And then he ducks down to suck on my neck again, his teeth scraping the spot that's got a live wire directly to my pussy, and that's it, I'm gone. The porn star moan I've managed to keep bottled up thus far pours out of me. From the grunt Matt gives in response, how he grinds his dick even more insistently against me, I'm going to assume he's a fan of my porn star ways. Before I can blink, he pulls back slightly as he lifts the shirt over my head. I don't have time to worry about the fact that I'm in a less than sexy bra before he drags down one of the cups and engulfs my nipple in his mouth. Jesus, I groan, my head dropping back as I delve my fingers into Matt's hair and tug. Between his tongue against my skin and his dick between my legs, I worry for a second that I'm dreaming. Either that or I'm in heaven. Even still, I can't help worrying we might be moving just a little fast. I mean, I was all for some making out. And yeah, the idea did run through my mind about fucking him on this very counter, but thinking and doing are two very different things. Before I can voice my questions, his mouth is on mine again while he cups my breasts, giving the perfect amount of attention to my nipples. Seriously, my toes are curling. I didn't know that actually happened outside romance novels. God, 
Did I really think this was too soon? He has magic hands, for fuck's sake. I fall into his kiss again, letting myself be pulled into the glorious abyss of knowing nothing but his tongue and his hands and his hard as fuck body against mine. But when he reaches for the button of my jeans, those worries come flooding back. I still his wandering hands, hating myself a little for doing so. Chapter 5 Wait, I murmur around his lips. Wait, Matt. He freezes like the good man he is, pulling back just far enough where I can see the hazed look in his eyes, the pink flush to his cheeks, the heaving of his chest. Fuck hot. Yeah? He flicks his eyes down to my lips and back again, and oh boy, this crazy chemistry definitely isn't one-sided. Soon we are too? Huh? Yeah, okay, so my brain definitely isn't working yet. With my hands on his biceps, hung, I push away, hoping some space will help clear my head. It does, if only barely. Is this too soon? And yeah, I definitely just moaned that entire question, but look at what I'm dealing with here. He lets out a snort and grips my hips, his thumbs sliding along the bare skin above my waistband. Good Lord, even that gives me goosebumps. Lucy, you told me you wanted my dick before you even knew my name. So no, I don't think it's too soon. Well, the boy certainly has a point. Who am I to dispute his well-made argument? And really, if you think about it, it's sort of like my reward for suffering through all that embarrassment. I deserve this and anything else he can come up with tonight. Matt slips a finger under my chin and tips my head back so I'm looking into his eyes. But if you do, we can pause everything, no questions. I'm sure I look like some sort of bobblehead, vigorously shaking my head back and forth because, no. No, I definitely don't want to. Thank God. He smiles and dips his head to kiss along my neck. Against it, he says, I do, however, think we should move this to a bed. He grabs my ass and pulls me from the counter as I wrap my legs around him. And yeah, I totally grind myself down on his deck. Call me old-fashioned, but I don't want our first time to be in the kitchen. Once again, he brushes his lips across my skin, moving them over the part on my shoulder that makes me see stars. At this point in time, he could get me to agree to just about anything. I moan my approval as he walks us down the hall, all the while continuing his mouth torture on my neck. When we're in his bedroom, he drops me in the middle of his bed and smirks. We'll save the counter for later. I stare at him open-mouthed, certain I'm dreaming. Whatever you do, Lucy, do not wake up. This man, this gloriously hot, intelligent, well-hung, knows-how-to-cook-and-clean man, just admitted to already planning on round two. So either I'm dreaming or I've obviously been a good girl this year, and Santa has answered my wish a little early. He braces his hands on either side of my shoulders and leans over me. Bending down, he nips my parted lips. Close your mouth, he says, or is that an invitation? 
My eyebrows shoot up to my hairline, and I let out a noise between a cough and a gasp, shocked at his bluntness. Could all my dreams have been answered? And Matt here is a dirty talker too? Come again? I finally manage. He smirks down at me. I still have to come the first time, but we'll get to the again part soon enough. Now let's lose these pants. He wastes no time popping the button on my jeans and tugging them down. They get stuck before they're completely off, and I try to help him in the whole getting me naked quicker thing. I flail and kick my legs a bit, trying to shimmy them down, and somehow end up on my side when they finally come off. Matt's fingers trail up my legs, and I thank whatever god is up there that I shaved yesterday, so they're not the ape-like monstrosity they had been just days before. I shiver as his fingers graze the back of my knees and thighs, then give a little yelp when he lightly taps my ass. Wish I saw these earlier. He kisses the skin on my back just above the waistband of my underwear. Would have saved me a lot of uncertainty. I hear everything he says, but the words don't quite work right in my mush-like brain, especially as he continues to brush his lips against my flesh, rendering me incoherent. Huh? Matt slips his finger under the elastic of my underwear and drags it slowly against my ass cheek. These, he repeats, tugging a little on my undies. It's then I remember with great mortification, exactly what panties I'm wearing. I groan and roll onto my stomach, burying my face in his comforter while he continues driving me crazy with his slow torture all over my ass. My embarrassment only intensifies when he chuckles. Don't laugh, I say, but it comes out garbled through the layers of down feathers underneath me. I'm sorry, he whispers against my ear. I can hear the smile in his smug voice. He's not really sorry at all. But when his lips trail against the shell of my ear and his entire body is suddenly flush with mine, I find I can't really be bothered with it anymore, especially since, God help me, he's removed his jeans since I last groped him. There's only a thin piece of cotton containing the beast in his pants. I could probably rip them off with my teeth Matt quickly undoes the hook of my bra, and I shift around so he can slip it out from under me. After I lie once again on my stomach, he slides my hair to the side so he can get at my bare back. I'm tense as I wait for him, my entire body lit up like the sky on the 4th of July. The anticipation of what he might do is almost as delicious as anything he could actually do to me. Okay, that's a lie, because then... Then, his lips ghost over the top of my spine, and oh my God, I was wrong. Matt's lips on me beat out every anticipation, dream, or fantasy I could possibly have. A shiver works its way through my body as he continues kissing across both shoulders and down the slope of my shoulder blades. Goosebumps pebble all over my skin, and my nipples rub almost painfully against his down comforter. My ass proclaiming I'm a sure thing is proudly displayed for him, but that doesn't stop me from practically humping the mattress as he continues tormenting me with his mouth. Jesus, I need some damn relief. 
I nearly slide my hand between my body and the bed, ready to get myself off. But it's been a while since anyone but me has been all up in my business, and I'm more than ready for Hung Hottie to have a go at it. With my hands on either side of my head, clutching the comforter, I'm finally put out of my misery as Matt's fingers trail over the curve of my ass. I groan and lift my butt a little in the air, and maybe spread my legs a bit just to get things moving along. Someone's eager, he chuckles. Shut up and touch me already. Yeah, I get cranky when I'm horny, so what? His hand disappears between my legs, and I can't help the whimper that escapes my lips. Even through a layer of cotton, his touch feels like heaven. Like this? He asks, smug as hell, because he knows damn well that's what I was talking about. Instead of the smart reply that's on the tip of my tongue, I let out an embarrassingly loud moan. Matt continues his kiss assault to my back as he works his magic between my legs. It feels nice, but I need more. Light rubbing through my underwear isn't going to get me off, despite the fact that I've already soaked through said underwear. Either he has great intuition or the loud grumbling moan I just did was a huge clue for him, because he's off me in a second and my undies are around my ankles in the next. Yelping, I push myself onto my elbows and look behind me. He's just sort of staring at me, his ginormous dick barely concealed by his boxer briefs. Good God, I can't wait to take a ride on that bad boy. And even though I'm ready for said ride, he keeps staring. Now, every girl likes to be appreciated, and the look in his eyes tells me that's exactly what he's doing. But this girl needs to get a good dicking already, so I shake my ass a little to entice him to hurry up. Spread your legs, Lucy. His voice is low and gravelly, and it does things to my lady bits no voice should have the power to do. Shuddering, I part my legs slightly, still propped on my elbows as I watch him. He meets my eyes briefly as he slips off his boxers, and I have to swallow the moan that threatens to escape and brace myself so my jaw doesn't come unhinged. Hung Hottie is hung. Even the porn I've watched, and I've watched a lot, has nothing on him. He's pure sculpted male perfection. I mean, what I thought I saw behind the tiny thin towel is like a Tootsie Roll compared to the flesh and steel in front of me. Matt steps to the nightstand and grabs something out of the drawer. I can't bother to look at it because I'm too mesmerized by the work of art between his legs. A light crinkling fills the otherwise silent room, and then I watch with great interest as he rolls a condom down his length. I may moan when he gives his dick a couple quick tugs. You've had me hard for weeks, do you know that? He covers me with his body, bracing himself on an elbow as his lips brush against mine. Since you stared at my cock like it was an ice cream cone, and all you could think about was giving it a lick. I open my mouth to protest, but really, what am I going to say? I did stare at his cock exactly like that. I've dreamt about what you said, replayed it over and over again. He swipes his tongue along my lower lip as I pant into his mouth, lifting my ass to get closer to the object of my obsession. 
Say it again for me. Dude, if you don't give me your cock right now. He huffs out a laugh before he kisses me breathless. This kiss is nothing like our previous ones. It's slow and calm and sensual. And holy fuck, apparently it doesn't matter at which speed he kisses because they all melt me into a puddle of goo. I'm completely boneless beneath him. If he can kiss this good, what else can he do with his tongue? He slips his hand under my stomach and trails down until his fingers graze my clit. And then my world is focused laser sharp on the circles he's working around my detonation button. It's too much, so I stop trying to hold in my noises and moan into his mouth as his tongue slides against mine. Jesus, you always get this wet. He's moved so he's nearly flush along my back, his cock nestled between my thighs as he continues to work me over with his fingers. Sweet Jesus, those magical fingers. I try to answer his question, try to even say his name, but it comes out as an incoherent groan into his mouth. Matt chuckles and moves his lips to the back of my neck as I drop my head down and concentrate on everything. He's solid and firm behind me, his warmth seeping into me as he flicks his tongue along the curve where my neck meets my shoulder. And just when I thought it couldn't get any better, he slips his cock between my legs, sliding it up and down along my slit. On every downstroke, his cock connects with his fingers, putting more pressure on my clit. And I'm about 2.5 seconds from going off like a firecracker. But I want him inside me when I do. I want to be filled by him, stretched by him. I want to squeeze him as he makes me come. Thank God he's apparently eager for that too, because his warmth is gone as he pushes back on his knees and guides his cock with purpose until he's right there. The anticipation of what it's going to feel like to be full of him is nearly my undoing, but I'm patient because he hasn't let me down so far. He covers my body again, his chest against my back, and his cock poised and ready. And God knows I'm ready. He's worked me up so much, it's like Niagara Falls down there. Say it, he whispers as he rocks his hips forward slightly. And my eyes roll back into my head. God, he's going to ruin me for all other men. But that's fine. That's totally fine as long as I have this one time with him. I just need a little more. Say it, he says, louder this time. I try to respond in a normal way, but all that comes out is, <sighs> lifting my hips, I try to catch his cock so I can push back and slip it in, but he keeps teasing me, moving just out of reach. Come on, Lucy, say it again for me. Matt, I snap and reach back, digging my nails into his ass. Give me your cock right fucking now. And with that, I lift my ass slightly in the air, hold him in place with my hand, and push back to engulf him. Holy shit. I mean, holy shit. Christ on a cracker. My imagination had nothing on what it feels like to have him inside me. This time, the strangled moans aren't just for me. Matt's breath is hot on my back as he drops his forehead to my shoulder and works his cock in and out of me, inching farther in with each thrust. 
Finally, finally, he slides his cock all the way inside me, stretching me to just this side of discomfort. Jesus, I'm full. So full. He's hitting places inside me my last three boyfriends could only dream of reaching. I try to move my hips and work up to a nice rhythm, but this position makes it difficult. I'm pinned to the bed by Matt's body, which makes me fairly dependent on him to rock my world. Christ, Lucy, you feel. His hair brushes against my back like he's shaking his head. Then he grips my knee and lifts my leg up, opening me even wider and allowing him to settle deeper inside me. Fuck. Oh my God, is what I try to say, but it comes out more like, I fist the comforter on either side of my head, needing something to ground me, because surely I've died and am in heaven right now. Well, actually, heaven would be him moving, but he's still just seated deep inside. I give a swivel of my hips to test the waters, and Matt groans long and low before he lifts his head so his lips are just touching my skin. He pulls himself out slowly, then slides all the way inside, filling me exactly the way I need. And then, then, he starts an easy, steady rhythm, one hand gripping my knee as he holds me open for him, and the other still masterfully working over my clit. Every once in a while, he moves his fingers down to where he's disappearing into me, and I'm almost certain I'm going to combust from the imagined visual of that alone. Matt shifts slightly so his lips are right by my ear. His thrusts increase in pace and vigor, and all I can do is lie there and take every thrust he gives me and every dirty word he breathes. Jesus, Lucy, your pussy is like heaven. Funny, I was thinking the same thing about his cock, but of course I don't say that. Mostly because he's rendered me incoherent, and the only sounds coming out of my mouth are of the moaning variety. Is that what you wanted that first night? And every night since then? God, yes. I turn my head back to try and capture his lips. He doesn't disappoint, swiping his tongue against my bottom lip before he licks inside. I moan into his mouth as he moves faster, our panting groans combining with the sound of our skin slapping together, and before long we're shaking the whole bed, the headboard banging rhythmically into the wall. Fuck. He grunts and drops his head, finally losing his composure. I need you to come, he insists through gritted teeth as his fingers fly over my clit. He moves his hand from my knee and slips it between my chest and the bed. Cupping a breast, his finger grazes my sensitive nipple, and I tighten around him. Christ, I can feel you squeezing my cock. Come on, Lucy, let me feel you come. It doesn't take anything more than a pinch with two fingers against my nipple and a tap from another before I'm clenching and exploding, my whole body throbbing as I moan through my release. Fuck yes, he exhales, still rubbing softly against my clit until the last wave washes through my body. Once I've relaxed, Matt moves his hands, bracing one by my head as the other grips my hip while he drives into me. It only takes another minute before he's swearing and pulsing and spilling inside me. With panting breaths, he drops his head, nearly collapsing onto me. 
His heat envelops me, his hair brushing against the middle of my back, and a shiver overtakes me. Cold? His breath washes over me, a cool breeze on my sweat-slicked skin. Not really, no. The shiver is from the fact that my body is raring to go another round with him, my nipples still tight against the bedding, despite just having my world thoroughly rocked. But because I want to at least act a tiny bit dignified, I nod and pretend the coolness of the early spring air is what's got goosebumps erupting all over my body, and not the fact that Matt can fuck like a goddamn king. He kisses my shoulder and slowly pulls out of me before giving my ass a little tap. Why don't you get under the blankets? I'll be right back. Even though I want to just lie there and never move, I turn my head enough so I can watch his naked backside retreat from his bedroom. Yep, definitely not something I'll get sick of staring at anytime soon. Since I've already shifted from my comfy place, I might as well keep going. I quickly nestle myself under his cloud of blankets and curl into his pillow. I may or may not inhale deeply because it smells just like him. And I also may or may not have a goofy grin on my face because of it. Chapter Six I must have dozed off quickly, because the next thing I know, only the faint light of the moon shines through Matt's window. He's curled up behind me, his lips pressed to my neck and his arm hooked over my stomach, one hand cupping my boob. Not exactly how I would have expected the night to go, but I'm not going to complain about it. A quick glance at the clock tells me it's just before two in the morning. I shove my head farther into the pillow and hope the nagging in my bladder will go away. If only I could fall into a deep sleep again. Unfortunately, that's not in the cards, so I reluctantly leave my warm cocoon. As quietly as I can, I blindly feel around the floor for something to put on. I come across cotton, and I pull the shirt over my head before I realize what I'm wearing. Though as soon as the neck of the shirt goes over my head, the smell alone gives it away. I smirk a little and strut. Yeah, strut. You don't get fucked like that and not have a little pep in your step. My way to the bathroom, wrapped in Matt's shirt from earlier. Luckily, I know the floor plan of his apartment since it's just like mine, so I don't have to feebly try to find my way. Once I've taken care of business, the light over the stove in the kitchen reminds me of the sugary goodness I had earlier, in the form of the cupcake I never got to finish, and my sweet tooth prevents me from going right back to bed. I tiptoe my way in and quickly find where he stored the cupcakes, helping myself to one before I hop up on the counter, legs swinging. And that's where Matt finds me, 15 minutes and three cupcakes later, with a guilty look on my face. Hey, he rasps. He clears his throat and tries again. Hungry, were you? He's sleepy and has pillow marks on his face but he still manages to make my lady bits quiver with his smirk, and the fact that he's not wearing a shirt. And because his pajama pants hang so low, it's obvious he's not wearing underwear either. 
and because I now know, with complete certainty, exactly what he's packing behind that thin cotton. God, why didn't I take the time to lick those delicious lines that point straight to his cock? For that matter, why didn't I lick his cock? I nearly fall into another state of cock hypnosis, but then remember exactly what I was doing out here. I try to sweep the three paper tins off to the side so he can't see what a horse I just made of myself, but it's of no use. Besides, I'm pretty sure I have frosting all over my face. Since my mouth is still full with my last bite, I just shrug and smile around the cake. With a laugh, he moves to stand between my legs and trails his hands up my calves. I thought you'd left, he says softly. His eyes are preoccupied with the shirt I'm wearing, and I'm pretty sure a smile ghosts over his lips, no doubt at the fact that it's his shirt. After I've swallowed the last bite of cupcake, I move my hands to him, feeling along his biceps and up to his shoulders before I lock my fingers behind his neck, tugging him a bit closer to me. Now, why would I do that? I ask, my head cocked to the side. You promised me you'd fuck me on this counter, didn't you? Matt grins, no longer showing any signs of being tired. Are you wearing the panties that tell me I'm sure to get lucky? I shake my head, quirking my lips into a small smile as I grab his hand and guide it between my legs. Nope, I whisper in his ear, tugging on his hair as I wait for his trailing fingers to reach bare skin. Hope this will do. This has been The Neighbor by Brighton Walsh. Read for you by Mackenzie Cartwright. Okay, lady listeners, how was that? Was that not amazing? Um, you definitely want more bright. You're welcome, <laughs> You're lady welcome. listeners. <laughs> I'm going to be so mean from here on out. You're welcome. <laughs> We're going to be dicks. We're not going to fuck our day ups anymore. Yes. We're going to fuck yours up. Yes. <laughs> We're going to fuck yours up. We're going to fuck Maybe everything up. that's what up. it was when you told everybody to watch their fucking backs. Oh, my God. Yes, that was it, Tessa. Watch, well, I knew it. If this podcast was going to get fucked, it was about Tessa. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay, you guys, let me give you the rundown one more time. Brighton Walsh is giving away a $25 Amazon gift card, so make sure you go to readmeromance.com to enter that giveaway. Tessa Ever After is free right now. It's a best friend's little sister uh, romance, and it's by Brighton Walsh. It's free. There's a uh, trilogy box set that's free right now called the Experience Counts Trilogy by London Hale, which is Brighton Walsh's other pen name. And uh, it's a nanny. There's a nanny book in there. There's a Dilf book, and there's a Daddy's Best Friend. It's all there's a little sum for everybody. It's a lot in of that. good stuff, and it's dirty, dirty, dirty. It's, there's a plethora. Plethora. Um, and I think there's some new releases today Mel wants to tell you about. Yes, we have His Virgin Queen by Mink, and we also have King's Castle by Ella Goody. I did want to mention that some people were having a hard time finding the new release post. I went ahead and created a tab on the website. So if you go to our website, it's up the top. I'm going to update it every Thursday. So every time it's going to be the same link every week, it's just going to 
update on Thursdays for you guys. You guys, that's all your new releases. Look at you being so amazing. Place. That's such a great thing. Uh, Mel does, Mel's really good at organizing everything. So make sure you go and go to our website and click on that because um, it's everything. It's all it's all good stuff in one one spot. And uh, just a reminder that my book, Lover, Lover or Loser, is out this week. <laughs> and I'm going to, yeah. And I'm going to play the, um, after this episode ends, stay tuned because I'm going to play the uh, first chapter of the audiobook. Do you know who, is it the same people that narrated? I know, I'm sorry. I'm asking you this nope, off I'm going to tell cuff, you right now. But I didn't know if it was the same people that narrated Fix Her Up. Because everybody loved those narrators. And if it's not, it's okay. Yeah, it was Charlotte North that uh, narrated the first one. Um, Shoot, who narrated this one? Okay, we're about to find out. (laughs) (laughs) I think you were. Okay, oh yeah, it's Charlotte North again. Okay, great. Yeah, so it's the same narrator as Fixer Up uh, that narrates Lover or Loser. She's really great. Um, And okay, so stay tuned. I'm going to play the first chapter for you right now. And then... Uh, Next yeah. week is Thick. Oh my God. Thick by Alexa hey. Riley is going to be on the podcast uh-uh. next week, y'all. <laughs> you guys are missing your Alexa Riley. Oh my God. Now. The podcast Fuck, inspired book. Yes, the book that was inspired by the podcast on the podcast. Get fucking ready. It is nasty. It's ridiculous. It's so damn good. You can't even get his entire penis inside of her. He just has to tuck it in a little bit. It's too big. He's too big for her. That is the quote (laughs) on the cover. He's too big for her. Okay, uh, so make sure you come back next week, uh, definitely, because it's Alexa Riley week, so it'll be lots of fun. And that'll be... Keep on listening, though, to Tessa's little excerpt, though, and get love her or lose her or we'll be forced to delete this podcast or just watch your back bitch (laughs) (laughs) okay leah tell them what to do (laughs) fuck your day up (laughs) make today your bitch don't be a dick Bye, bye bye chapter one rosie vega a department store shopper's worst nightmare really That's what her name tag should have read, instead of cosmetics consultant. In order to fulfill that title, someone would be required to consult her first, right? Problem was, no one ever asked to be spritzed with perfume. And really, that's all it was. Just a little spritz. Why wouldn't customers let her make them smell good? Was it so much to ask? Rosie hobbled over to the Clinique counter in her high heels, watching out for her supervisor, Martha, before performing a casual lean against the glass, groaning as the pressure on her toes and ankles lessened. One might surmise that Rosie was in the military instead of a perfume girl at the mall. If Rosie was caught taking an unscheduled break, she wouldn't be docked pay or anything so serious. She would just get the shittier smelling perfume to demonstrate tomorrow. Martha worked her evil and backhanded ways. Rosie leaned over the counter and checked the clock on the register. 9.29, a little over half an hour to go, and she was exhausted from standing on her feet since three o'clock. The only customers left in Haskell's were buying last-minute birthday presents or shopping for impromptu job interview clothes. There were no pleasure cruisers at the mall this late, but she was required to stay until the very end. On the off chance someone wanted to smell like begonias and sandalwood right before bed, A squeal rent the air, and two children holding giant mall pretzels came tearing through her aisle, their mother sprinting after them with no fewer than three bags on each arm. 
Rosie managed to lunge out of their way, but one kid's legs got tangled in the others, and they went sprawling, both pretzels turning end over end like tumbleweeds into a Dior display, which tilted, wobbled, and crashed onto its side. Perfume bottles hit the floor with a cringe-inducing smash. The sense of several fragrances pooling and combining and what could only be referred to as too much of a good thing. Kill me now, the mother wailed at the ceiling, turning bloodshot eyes on Rosie. Help us, please. Feedback screeched over the department store PA system. Janitorial services to cosmetics. Both kids burst into noisy tears, neither one of them making a move to get up off the floor. The PA system sent a ripple of static into the atmosphere, forcing everyone to plug their ears, which Rosie could only accomplish with one finger since she was still holding a perfume bottle. Bring a mop, the man on the speaker finished sleepily. Rosie chewed her bottom lip for a moment, then set down her fragrance, thus committing a cardinal sin in the eyes of her supervisor. Don't dawdle, always have a bottle. Those words were on a plaque in the employee break room in size 72 font. Desperate times called for desperate measures, however. And with her hands free, Rosie could stoop down to help the children to their feet, while their mother lamented the fact that she no longer smoked. A teenager appeared on the scene, dragging a mop behind him, music blaring in his earbuds, and Rosie ushered the kids over to their mother, waving off her gratitude, knowing she needed to find her bottle before... No perfume, I see, Martha drawled, rising from behind the glass counter like a vampire at sundown. How are we to entice the customer? She pretended to search the immediate area. Perhaps our commission will appear out of thin air. Smile in place, Rosie picked her bottle back up and gave it a shake. Armed and prepared, Martha. Oh, there it is. Martha sauntered off to go terrorize someone else, but not before calling to Rosie over her shoulder. You're sampling the Le Squirt Bonbon tomorrow. Rosie ground her molars together and threw a thumbs up at her supervisor. Can't wait. No one had ever sold a bottle of Le Squirt. It smelled like someone woke up with a hangover, stumbled into their kitchen without brushing their teeth, and housed a cupcake. Then breathed into a bottle and put it on shelves. She was debating the wisdom of paying the janitor to hide every bottle of Lesquirt, an inside job, when the sound of footfalls coming in Rosie's direction forced her spine straight, as if on command. She pushed off the glass and held her perfume bottle at the ready, a smile spreading her mouth and punishing her sore cheeks. A man turned the corner, and her smile eased somewhat, her hands lowering. Even if he were to buy the scent as a gift for his wife, the dude definitely wouldn't want to go home reeking of women's perfume. Rosie assumed the man would pass on by, but he stopped at the counter across the aisle, peering into the glass case for a moment. Then he straightened and sent her a warm grin. Hi. He shoved his hands into his pockets, and Rosie performed her usual customer checklist. Nice watch, tailored suit, Potential for an upsell if she could convince an obvious businessman that the three-cent gift box was a must-have for his lady. Shouldn't they have sent you home by now? Was he talking to her? Weird. On the cosmetics department floor, most people passed by Rosie as if she were an inanimate object. A minor annoyance they had to successfully avoid for 3.7 seconds. 
unless they needed directions or help wrangling their kids. She had an urge to glance over her shoulder to confirm the man wasn't addressing someone behind her. Maybe Martha had doubled back to make sure she was spray ready. Um, Rosie tried not to be obvious about shifting in her heels, transferring the ache between feet. No rest for the weary, I guess. The mall closes at 10, so... Speaking to a man felt strange, foreign. She hadn't even talked to her husband, Dominic, about anything of real importance for years. And God help her, someone giving enough of a damn to ask why she was terrorizing people with a perfume bottle at 9.30 did feel important. Someone asking about her, noticing her, felt important. For a split second, Rosie let herself notice the man back. In a purely objective way. He was cute, had some dad bod going on, but she wasn't judging. With both hands in his pockets, she couldn't look for a wedding ring. Some intuition told her he was divorced, though, maybe even recently. There was something about how he'd approached as if intending to go straight for the exit that told Rosie he was only pretending to be interested in the jewelry case now. His tense shoulders and stilted small talk suggested he'd actually stopped to speak to her and wasn't overly comfortable doing it. Have you been working here long? This man was interested in her. In the space it took Rosie to have that realization, she noticed her own wedding ring was hidden behind the perfume bottle. Without being obvious, she curled the bottle into her chest and let the gold band wink at him from across the aisle. The light in his eyes dimmed almost immediately. Rosie had been faithful to Dominic since middle school, and that wouldn't be changing anytime soon. But she allowed herself the feminine satisfaction of knowing a man had found her attractive. Had she even allowed that simple pleasure for anyone but Dominic? No, no, she didn't think so. And in the years since Dominic had returned from active duty, she hadn't gotten that light, bubbly lift from him either. Everything between them was dark, lustful, confusing, and so far off course, she wasn't sure their marriage would ever point in the right direction again. Maybe it was silly, allowing this stranger's attempts at flirting to bring everything screaming into perspective, but that's exactly what happened. On a boring Tuesday night that should have been like any other, suddenly, Rosie wasn't just standing in her usual spot beneath the fake crystal chandelier while boring piano music was piped in over the speakers. She was standing in purgatory. Whose life was this? Not hers. Once upon a time, she'd been a straight-A student, a member of the Port Jefferson High School volleyball team. B-squad, but whatever. She'd been an aspiring chef. Wait, wrong. Rosie was an aspiring chef. She needed to stop thinking of that dream in the past tense, something that faded with a long-ago wish upon a star. Rosie set the perfume bottle down on the Clinique counter and sent the man a wobbly smile. How long have I been working here? <laughs> she laughed under her breath. Too long. The man laughed, seeming grateful that she'd broken the wedding ring tension. Yeah, <laughs> I can relate. He rubbed at the back of his neck. Well, I guess I should get going. He trailed off, but made no move to leave. It took Rosie a tick to realize he was gauging her interest level, even though she was married. With a quick intake of breath, she nodded. Have a nice night. Rosie stood there long after the man left, still trapped in that out-of-body feeling. Whose life was this indeed? 
In a few minutes, she would clock out from a job she hated and go home to a too quiet house, a horribly, painfully quiet house, where she would orbit around Dominic as if they might catch fire if they made eye contact. Where had everything gone wrong? She didn't know. But 27 was too young to settle for unhappiness, discontent. Any age was too young for that. Yet that was exactly what she'd done, professionally and personally. I think I'm done, she whispered. The words swallowed up by elevator music, the sounds of cash drawers being removed from registers and gates being pulled down at the entrances to Haskell's. Likewise, gates were coming down around a heart that was broken every time she passed through the living room and didn't receive so much as a, hello, how are you? I love you. When was the last time she'd heard those words out of her husband's mouth? She couldn't even remember. She couldn't even remember. Maybe Dominic was the reason she couldn't make the leap to step three of her aspirations. His lack of faith and encouragement, his utter lack of acknowledgement, was holding her back. She'd become content to waste away in this perfume purgatory. If she had more courage, she would tell Martha where to stick a bottle of La Squirt Bonbon. That bravery was missing, though. It had been for way too long. What happened to us? We used to love so hard. We used to be a team. With a chest full of crushed glass, Rosie leaned over the counter and checked the clock again. 10. She'd made it another day. Her marriage wouldn't. Read me romance. Read, read me romance. Read me romance. Read, read me romance. You could take a look in a book, that's fine. Or you could sit back, relax, and unwind. And read me romance. Read, read me romance.